0: hey there good afternoon from nigeria welcome to africa tech radio you're listening to the international women's days edition of back to base an interview program that provides an in-depth look at the lives and careers of successful tech professionals their journey and success stories and my name is lillian Aberika. now all over the world when it comes to career and work a large percentage of people are stuck in roles that they either don't care about or they have zero passion for. It's all about making ends meet for them, you know. And if you can tap into their dreams, if we can actually find a way to visit them, visit their dreams and aspirations, you'd see what really matters to them. You'd see that they want more out of life. It might be the desire to impact more lives or simply to do more or make more as the case may be, but they either don't know how to begin the process or don't even know where to begin. Now, among this large percentage of people are women and girls who are not aware that they can or are not aware that they are allowed to do or be anything that they want. I had this conversation once with a young lady who said, I have my dreams, but they are just dreams. Society would not allow me to leave that dream. That was really heartbreaking to hear. But this, sadly, is the reality for many. Every single year, we celebrate International Women's Day, IWD. And you hear a lot of talk about women who have done exploits in their chosen field, which which is quite amazing. But frankly speaking, I want to, alongside that, of course, hear the practical ways other women can follow in their footsteps. You know, people who are already accomplished telling me who knows zero about anything tech, anything uh, innovation and creativity and how to follow in your footsteps. IWD this year is Digital Innovation and Technology for Gender Equality. Now, here on Africa Tech Radio, we decided to tackle this from different angles, starting with this topic today, switching careers from nervous to tech entrepreneurs. Switching careers from nervous to tech entrepreneurs and join us today to have a discussion on this are three when i say impressive it is an understatement The are three impressive women sholakwe hammond the special advisor on sdgs and investments to the Lagos state government and co-founder of impact hub limited we also have cynthia shep kemoy advocate of the high court of kenya a cybersecurity lawyer and a data protection officer we also have blessing abeng who is a co-founder of ingressive for good an edtech nonprofit in company that's increasing the earning power of african youths through tech and hello good day welcome on this space Okay, I want to start with uh, you, Cynthia. So we have talked about how a lot of women are stuck where they are and how sometimes they don't even know that they need a change because people just know they want to make money. People have already dropped the idea of doing something that matters, right? So I want to know when you knew that you wanted to make that transition into the tech scene. Well, for me, it was
1: in 2021. And back then, I was actually awaiting my admission to the bar. My background is in law. So I worked in a law firm for my pupillage and for my holding over as I was awaiting my admission. But then I felt like it doesn't really give me the excitement that I thought I would get as a lawyer, practicing lawyer, going to court and, of course, reviewing contracts and all that. So it happened that I took part in one of the Kenya School of Internet Governance fellowships. And I think that's when the idea of transitioning to tech actually was born in me. As there were aspects of data protection that were being discussed, there were aspects of cyber security. I was taught about the history of the internet, the topology of the networks, the layers and all those. So with that, I felt like, Law has served its purpose and it has given me a uh, footing career-wise. But then why don't I exploit something more to do with legal technology? Because at some point there are conversations around lawyers start losing jobs because there'll be robots to draft contracts. They'll be done online. Anybody can draft their own contract whether they want to transact. So with that, I think I also had the fear that if this is what's going to happen, then I have to be equipped and prepared for that time. And that's how I actually... Yeah, transition to tech. Fast forward, come 2022, I apply. Actually started the year without a job. I was jobless and I was wondering, okay, so what next? But I don't want to practice law like the traditional practice of law. And lucky enough, I got into CyberSafe and that was the season or the phase where I transitioned real quick into tech and IT in general and cybersecurity to be specific. And ah, it's it's been amazing. like. I love every bit of it because it's a dynamic space. I get to think about what's happening in the future, look into the future of AI, of machine learning, robotics, and all that. So it's really exciting. Reviewing software contracts. By the fact that I have a background knowledge in some of the cybersecurity content, then I feel like more confidence. I have more confidence in doing my work. Yeah.
0: Okay, that is really exciting stuff. It takes uh, a lot of guts to actually transition like that. That is exciting. So, Blessing Abeng, I understand that you've been in different fields, which is really impressive. I, I read a piece of, on you uh, where you talked about how you were in both science and art class. So, you, like, you, you saw the best of both worlds, right? So, tell us about your own journey into the tech world. <laughs> thank you so much so
2: I think you already touched on it how I was always multi-brained in school in the sense that I would do art stuff and science stuff and I would win competitions on the science front and win competitions on the art stuff for school and then when I got into university because even while that was happening I was super super clear that I was going to become a medical doctor my dad agreed that we were all we're all in sync we're fine even when like family dinners would come and other family members extended family members would argue and say no blessings should be a lawyer she likes to talk oh no she should be this she likes to do this even when all of that was happening i was super clear that i was going to be a doctor and i I had the tools that i needed my dad would buy me lab coats i had like medical toys so going into university as a pre-med i decided to study biochemistry right because i was too tiny i wanted to be a neurosurgeon i was too tiny so my dad was like you're too small to go to to go to the u.s to study anything okay so like i'm tiny now so imagine how tiny i would have been (laughs) back then And so I had to go to Covenant University and I studied biochemistry. And one of the jokes I make is like, I never really realized that biology was bio and then chemistry was completely chemistry, right? So there was a reason they shut down the bio. (laughs) (laughs) It was so chemistry related. And while I was doing my IT, I did virology. I also did plant related. I think I told biochemistry. After doing everything, I realized, oh my God, I don't think this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, this is great, but I don't think I ever really dealt with the, yes, I want to save lives and stuff, but what about the times where I will not be capable of saving the lives? Will Mm -hmm. I be able to deal with the repercussions of that? That was something that was so real to me and I was like, no, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And so I started to ask myself, are there more ways to save lives than the one that I have already sort of formed in my head? So I got into my final year i was looking out for opportunities and i started writing business plans um i i self-taught myself how to do that that sort of morphed into choosing to take a course a branding course in a school in lagos i did that and when i was done I went into an agency, I was working, I worked with really big multinationals and huge organizations. And I started to ask myself, how can I sort of help smaller businesses tell stories and bring this down to like the, the smaller startups and stuff who were still trying to figure it out and didn't have budget. So I started to do that, and I started to find a lot of tech companies reach out to me. And then I started to build a tech community called Startup Grand Lagos, and I just really got really close, up close, personal with a lot of startup founders. My network was building. I was in uh, my, my community that we had built was connecting startups to founders, startups to co-founders, startups to investors. It was such an interesting dynamic. And so that just endeared me to the tech ecosystem. And just building up from that, I became a co-founder of a tech organization that I worked as a CMO. So I'm typically the non-tech founder type of person, right? I'm the non-tech <laughs> yeah. team in tech. And so I co-founded a product, a tech product that eventually got acquired by Flutterwave, and then now I'm here co-founding a non-profit that is, you know, impacting and helping people transition into tech. So this topic is really, really close to my heart. And so far, we've been able to train over 150,000 people with tech skills. And, and it's really, really going
0: well. So I'm really excited to
2: be here.
1: Wow, That's, that's... how
0: I got here. <laughs> so um, one, this is just a side talk. This one thing that people don't know about saving lives. Yes, you're going to save lives when you go into medicine, but you you will lose a lot of lives as well. If there's anything, good Anatomy taught me that, and 100 um, <laughs> yes. So uh, if you can find an alternative to doing that and not losing any life, then why not, right? Let's move over to you, Sholaki. You have helped people in the other aspect that you founded. You've helped people in so many other ways. And I want to know why you thought of that program that you actually are affiliated with. And when I'm talking about the program, I'm talking about the one that you did. You co-founded Impact Hub Lagos. So I want to know that why did you think of that program? Why did you think of that aspect? Did you see a lot of unfulfilled people in different careers? Or was it that you just saw that a lot of these people had potential in the tech space and they just needed a nudge? What was it? So thank you. And
3: it's so awesome to follow and daunting to follow these two amazing ladies, uh, one who found her own true calling and another who's found her calling helping other people find their calling. Uh, It's more like the second for me. I started my career in banking. I'm an economist, started in banking, and then I worked in consulting. And I just saw lots of great people. So consulting, I focused mostly on big businesses. But then occasionally, I'd meet a small business that needed some help. And I could see how helping them fix one you know just helping them get in shape and get that investment ready was going to be so transformative and i kept wondering where would these small companies go they need some dedicated place that would help them and then i started to explore the challenges more it was not just around business planning and getting structure and understanding what it takes to actually run a business it was also around even solving the logistics challenges which are really really huge here for a startup you can imagine you know I'd see business plans where they'd say I need 50 million Naira and 40 or 30 million of that million Naira of that money was for buildings and cars and things that had nothing to do with their business. Mm-hmm. And then of course, I would also go to business plan competitions and international competitions. You would hear companies say, or founders say, I started my business two years ago, three years ago, when 13 countries I started, you know five years ago we're in twenty five countries, but Nigerian companies would start and have one location for twenty years. and so the idea for me was how do we help our great businesses scale and how do we help them solve the hurdle of getting started without requiring a massive amount of resources which we don't have available? So that was the problem I was trying to solve, but invariably, of course, when you're talking about global scale and lean resources, you will invariably land in tech mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. so I am also a non-techie tech founder. I don't think I'll ever learn to code or do anything on the technical <laughs> side. But, you know, I'm here telling everyone. In fact, I never considered myself a tech founder. Uh, I remember when Tech Cabal did the 100 Women in Tech, an amazing feature on 100 Women in Tech in 2018, I think it was. And they said, "But yes, I'm not a woman in tech. So like, yes, you're a woman in tech. You have a heart. I saw that. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I never really thought about myself as a woman in tech, but there we are. So that's how it started for me. And it's been amazing seeing what's possible in that space and just seeing how many other women like myself who are not necessarily coders, they're not doing actual tech work, yeah. but they're doing an amazing amount of stuff in the tech ecosystem, whether they're supporting, you know, doing some of the other roles or whether they're even just providing a rallying point and infusing how to think about starting businesses and making them investment-ready and keeping them sustainable. There's so much else that there is to do in the space beyond the technical coding that we all think of.
0: Yeah, speaking on this, uh, thank you very much, Falakwe, for that. Speaking on this, you know, the word that comes to mind, the mind of many when you talk about tech careers, is computer programming, software design, UX, UI. And they're like, no, no, I beg I can't do that, I can't do that. I can't understand coding. Like It's like gibberish to me. I'm looking at the screen, I'm seeing a lot of things that... Give me something I can read, you know. But then you've mentioned that you've said it, that there are a lot of things that you can do in the tech space by not necessarily being in the tech space. Thank you very much for that. But this now goes to Blessing. If you also have anything to talk about this to you, just pitch it. Well, Blessing, you're a co-founder of uh, Ingressive for Good, right? So... Say I have that pining. I'm ready. Ooh, I want to go into tech. I'm, I'm gagged up, you know, or maybe I don't even know it yet because sometimes you might not know about something, a word or, or two that someone might say to you would just put on that light in, in, the, in your head. So can you tell me some aspects of tech that one can explore and where and how one should start?
2: Okay. I mean, there's so many. I don't know where to start, but I'm going to do my best because this is a question we get all the time in mm. our communities that like people want to start, but they don't know where to start. One of the first things I say is that technology just means, you know, something that makes it possible for things to be easier, faster. You right. know, it's like an automated version of something. Technology is an enabler. I think that's the best way to put it. So technology is an enabler. When you begin to overthink it like you know i'm sure when people say things like ai you mm-hmm. know um, blockchain <laughs> it all sounds very dramatic but literally yeah. uh, calculators are technology mm-hmm. you know um our computers, all those little things things that are making our lives a bit easier making it faster for us to be able to do specific things making it so much easier especially that's technology so if you really think about the things that you're interested in chances are there is a tech version of it so right now there's agri-tech there's hr tech there is you know just think what are my interests what are the things that i like to do yes i like to write okay if i like to write um maybe i could be a technical writer right because almost every tech product comes with a manual and most times the manual looks Mm. like gibberish Mm. so could i be the person who writes it in a more interesting relatable way if maybe that's me then maybe i could be a writer in tech maybe i could be a writer who breaks down the complexities of how our product works to our normal users maybe i could be a content writer in tech maybe i could be a designer in tech maybe i could be an analyst in tech. maybe i could even be an accountant in tech right and just all you would need to do is understand the basis and the basics that it that operate in that particular industry. If you really think about it, what exactly is Uber? Uber is I'm hailing a cab versus I'm ordering pizza joined together in one business. So it's it's when you overthink it that it looks like, oh my god, Uber is a tech product that is blah, 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 blah. But not really. It's literally hailing a taxi plus ordering pizza, putting that into one product. Um so maybe like Yes, of course, there are very techie, techie things that you can do. There was a girl in our community who studied mathematics, hated it throughout the period that she was in school because it wasn't her original first choice. It wasn't the thing that she wanted to do. And Jam just gave it to her, so she accepted. And she said when she graduated, she would always Google, What can a math graduate do? And she used to be very upset. But she was like, You know, at least I, I got a course to study and I got to graduate. When she came out of school, she wasn't quite sure what she wanted to do with her certificate. And she ended up... Right now, she's one of our high flyers in our data community. Mm. Um, She's built such a massive following. She's such a great mentor. She's now a data analyst. And what endeared her to most people was the fact that she and her friends were having an argument about Real Housewives of Lagos. And she was she had a fave that she liked. And she was promoting that that fave was the person with the most positive sentiment. And she was like, you know what, why am I even arguing with you? Let me use the data that I've been learning with aggressive for good to actually scrape and guess what the sentiments are. And she put together a very robust report that proved her wrong that her faith was not actually the most talked about. It was someone else's. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was such a...
0: A very Oops. student exercise
2: <laughs> that endeared her even more to deepen in her interest in data analysis. But it could be anything. It could be business analysis. It could be, you know, it could be comms. It could be social media. It could be um ui ux which is literally designing people's experience where do people press close where do people how do people open up the stuff? where do people press when they want to tweet where do people press when they want to post on social media it could be cyber security how do we protect people from getting hacked or how do we catch hackers you know it could be there's so many ways it could be mm. financial if you already like finances and you like numbers you could thrive in fintech if you love agriculture is there a tech angle you know there's a friend of mine last one i promise but there's a friend of mine who has found a way you know back then i i, I never knew this before but he taught me um i think his business is called farm cards what he does is he, normally when you buy fishes when you're trying to grow fish rather different types of fish actually so fishes when you're trying to grow fishes um you put them in the in the pond and chances are some of them eat each other and chances of survival could be like would die, then 20% would be the ones that would actually grow to be the real fish. And he knew this, but he wanted to reduce how much waste was happening. And he wanted to reduce the mortality rate of the baby seedling fishes, or I don't know what they're called. And so he came up with using technology to purify the water to ensure that they survive. Hmm. And so when he did that, he started to have a 90% survival rate, meaning he needed less baby fish to start, less eggs to start, you know, and so much more. And that was him mechanizing his whole farming. And that in itself is agri-tech. Like it's not just about selling produce and making percentages on top of it, but there were other ways. Make, finding ways to automate the feeding of the chickens in his poultry. And that's agri-tech as well. So you can just dig deep, ask yourself, what are my interests? We all have different ways that we get there. It could be interning in an organization. It could be finding mentorship. It could be taking a course and then testing your hand on it. It could be founding a business. It could be, you know, just going along with your interests. At the end of the day, every tech organization is still going to need an accountant. They're still going to need other things to keep their business running. So ask yourself, what place do I fit in and how can I just get in? And that could be like your most important foundation for yourself.
0: Wow, that was Oh, encompassing. But is there anything that any other person wants to add? Cynthia, if like
3: Okay, great. I, mean, I think that was a great exposition on all the different roles and all the different ways that one can play. Of course, there's also the fact that it's incredibly flexible. Again, for me and my global domination ambitions, clearly. <laughs> I love the fact that you can work anywhere in the world and create solutions for anyone in the world and with anyone in the world. I find women are very collaborative. And I think one of the things we probably need to do better is present tech in a different way. So I, I think Blessing did a fantastic job highlighting some of the challenges. One other thing that strikes me is I find men like get interested in competitive things. They like competitions. Women love solving problems. So women are far more likely to get involved with something if they see that it's going to be about creating solutions. But very often I feel like tech is presented, you know, oh, we're, you know, it's a certain type of thing—it's fintech mm-hmm. and it's fast—and a lot of what we see is the very competitive element of tech and the very technical element of tech. But if we start to look at it more from the perspective of solving problems and bringing different skills to the table to solve problems, I think we'll be able to get a lot more women into the room um, in, in that
0: space. All right. Okay. Thank you, Cynthia.
1: The challenge of being the last person to speak in everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to add on. What say professional fields that one can get into from a legal perspective? I'd say there is policy making that is a place that there are no lawyers, but remember, we need lawyers to make tech policy laws like AI laws, like data protection laws, like cyber security mm-hmm. laws because it would be hard to legislate on tech issues if we have lawyers who don't understand how tech works, so there's need to be more capacity. Another area is you can delve into tech research, as uh, Blessing had said, writing about tech. How do you, just passing on knowledge, how do you explain to? let's say, a layman about tech and the law. How mm. do you explain about cybersecurity, about data security? And sometimes I get into spaces, and these are policy spaces, and I try to demystify some myths. And when somebody hears me talk about software development and how you can conduct a data protection impact assessment on a software, they're like, how do you do that? How did you know that? It is because it takes time, take time to learn and understand it software development first with my little cyber security knowledge i think it has really helped me when you talk of technical safeguards then somebody would be like okay what are the technical safeguards we talk of antivirus we talk of the different technical safeguards we have to protect data then somebody would be like okay how did you know that there's something like data loss prevention system or data data something to, to actually analyze your processes like data analytics and all that how would you find insight from that and you will tell them it is automated, it's an automated process for you as a lawyer or somebody with a legal background, you just take records or a printout and you can interpret that and understand what's happening. So in terms of cybersecurity, there's cyber litigation, there's cyber diplomacy for lawyers. And yeah, there are so many opportunities. And currently, I believe there's a lot of policy making in terms of online gender-based violence. And this is where we come in as tech policy lawyers and of course, give our insights, interact with tech people. How do you report an OGBV online as a woman to which platform? So it needs us women to be in those places that come up with this software and develop the processes that uh, will help us report such incidents. So there are so many opportunities. And even in medicine, they use AI every day. So a doctor can be a techie. A nurse can be a techie. They use social media platforms or like applications to actually recommend Maybe diets and all
0: that, yeah. All right. While we have you, Cynthia, where did you find resources and mentorship? Because I read about you and then from what you said, you said that uh, you stumbled upon a, a hub, so to speak, where you started learning your tech skills. So the question is, where did you find resources? How can people who are interested in diving into tech
1: Head first, how can they start with resources and mentorship? For me, I'd say it was, I I can't say it was sheer luck. I was actually looking into that space by that time. And I applied for so many fellowships. So there are international, global fellowships that are fully funded. Mm. And that is how I found my footing. I never spent a shilling, a cent Mm. to get where I am. I think the last fees I paid was for my Kenya School of Law and actually to take my Council of Legal Education exams. But from Kenya School of Internet Governance to Cyber Safe Foundation, a one-year fellowship, to IGF, Global Youth Ambassador, those were fully funded programs. And I think it needs consistency and just being on the lookout for these programs because it just needs you to create the time to take part in this fellowship because the moment one has a goal in mind, then it's easy to figure out what do I want to do. Then we used to have the free master classes, these try hack me, where you just go, one can build up their skills and develop more knowledge because most of the stuff I'm doing, even when I'm at work, it's because of the things I did on my own, and not what I paid for to go and do in school, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so they just aligned and I found some sense of conformity in those. And even where I work, because immediately before I finished the fellowship, I got hired in a managed IT company. And my friends used to ask me, how do you work as a lawyer in a managed IT company? And I told them, just because of cybersecurity and a bit of data protection, it got me here. And currently where I am, I work in the banking industry. And it's interesting how you interact with systems, like systems that are used to manage services, products, solutions, and all that. So... The resources are there open source and that's what i can advise a young early career woman or girl that the resources are there the mentors are there and interestingly with CyberSafe, the resources were a lot like we they were just at our disposition we had mentors and it's rare to get such an opportunity and yeah i'm forever grateful for that
0: all right, thank you very much, Cynthia. Bless um, Nabin, what do you think about this concerning resources and mentorship? I know that Ingressive for Good is into that. In fact, that is like your core reason for existence. Correct me if I'm wrong. So, when it comes to mentorship and finding resources, how do you think interested people can go about it?
2: Oh my God, this one is close to my heart. So, mm-hmm. the first thing that we first thing that we realized when we first started was tech is amazing for sure however a lot of people didn't have the ability to afford the courses right because they're really 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 expensive so for example when we first started the prices of courses oh my god so huge and i remember that the reason we started was because on one hand tech founders investors were always complaining there's a lack of tech talent and, and whatnot and then there was were- it was also in the middle of COVID when a lot of people had lost their jobs mm-hmm. and people were also, you know, craving to be those tech talents. However, when we would ask, you know, what's the challenge? It would always be courses that are super expensive, don't know how to reach them. So one of the things we tried to do was reach the huge organizations, reach HNIs, CSRs, big organizations that are interested in doing CSRs to fund us. Right. And then when they fund us, we're able to get these trainings, the scholarships, and all of these things so that people can access them for free. We've also been able to find that a lot of people are very open to mentorship, which is really, really great. Mm. And one of the things that is often overlooked is peer-to-peer mentorship, right? The the scenario in which your mate, somebody who is your age, or somebody who is at the same level, which can also give you their own experience, because you are all going through different experiences. What's happening in Kenya? I mean, know, what's happening in Nigeria? But you could get a global perspective. So we leverage participant mentorship. We have bunch and bunch of resources that we've created. We invite thought leaders around to come spend time with people who are taking our trainings and our courses. They get to ask one-on-one questions, real-life questions, people from Nigeria, outside of of the country as well, the U.S., top-level organizations from the FANGs. We bring them all in so that people can see different people who are currently living their lives or living the lives that they aspire to have and then they can ask one-on-one questions we also create ebooks free ebooks free resources as well and partner with some of these organizations to change some parts of their curriculum so that they can match and fit into the different learning structures and levels that people are people are in but one of the other things that I really, really wanted to touch on was the misconception. People often would say women don't apply for things. And that used to be like the biggest excuse as to why women didn't get a lot of opportunities. It would be like, oh, you know, we, we put out this opportunity, but women didn't apply. And just like Shalakwe said, it's like when it's super, super competitive, you would see more men driving towards that space. Mm-hmm. However, one thing we really, really learned early was like if women felt listened, cared for, and they were not being used as just a start like as just a flex because international women's day you want to pretend that you really care about women but you're not doing anything actively to to actually impact them it's very clear people can see through these things right people know when they're just statistic so one of the things we did very early on was to learn to speak like what kind of things do women care about what what makes them feel safe what makes them feel like you know this is a safe space for me to learn and i'm not going to be intimidated i'm not going to be you know All of those things. So we paid attention to it. We launched a 1,000 women in X program. Almost 20,000 women applied in less than three weeks. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, they always say they don't apply. But here we are. Women are actually applying. And what was interesting was that some men still applied. We're able to fish out 1,000 men that still applied. (laughs) Because even if we've told them that this is for women, they don't, they don't care whether they don't you're care. not qualified for the opportunity. They still push. So, but we're able to filter that out. And the women, we also notice in our current data that more women are completing more programs than men and so there's that continuity there's that ability to see that women finish things through they really take advantage of opportunities and thrive in communities where they feel seen and heard and also just contextualizing learning where even if we give resources and make resources available we help you contextualize that with people bringing people who have real life experience so you can ask any question you can be with them and you can sort of grow so those are different opportunities that i've found very very helpful and also internship opportunities as well those are really really great people just having real life practice on on things that that's also really, really great.
0: Oh, okay. I can say for ingressive for good, I was given a link one time to apply to learn a tech skill back then but i was not mentally ready you know i don't know what it was maybe, whether it was a fear or something but i was not ready i just went i started but i didn't finish so.
2: and i think that's fine as well that's really fine so that's something we see a lot that happens where some people come in and they're like i'm not sure i'm ready right now for this you know sometimes we underestimate what we what it is that we want to learn and mm-hmm. then we come in and it's like oh my god wow. what is all this <laughs> what is all this i wasn't mentally prepared but one of the things that we see that that does for entry-level people is number one you can easily identify okay uh data nope maybe ux ui design yes but data no uh maybe i'm not interested because to be honest one thing i always say thanks to my science background is the goal of an experiment is not to be right it's to discover right and so you're really trying to discover you're really trying to be sure you know with this work with that work you don't know for Mm -hmm. sure but by trying you can cancel out things you can know what you don't want and you can then begin to get closer to what you want so that's a great experience it's a good thing don't say that's a bad thing when you're
0: ready i'm sure you would you know take the bull by the horn (laughs) i'm sure i would okay thank you very much bless nabeng for that now let's move over to you so i mentioned my fears right I know a lot of other people who just put a leg in the water and say, oh no, if I if I enter this water, I'm going to drown. I don't know how to swim and I, I'm not even interested in learning how to swim right now. So do you have like some tips for women oh, wow. to overcome their fears, the fears associated with uh, transitioning into the tech space?
3: I think one of the things, I would always, always, and everyone knows this is becoming a trope with me, join a community. Mm. I find when you're not going into something on your own, it tends to be a little bit less daunting and i'll give you a non-tech example so you know some of us are always trying to lose weight and i'm like oh i'm gonna do this and you make your resolutions and you know it doesn't happen but guess what Um, my sister-in-law two years ago invited me to a boot camp Mm. and we joined together and we laughed through it and mowed through it and failed through it and rose through it and we did it you know two months and it was great to have the company someone who understands someone that you know you can trust who's with you on the journey So if you can get a group of friends to do this with you, great. And it could be, well, it's probably a group of friends who are interested in doing the same thing. Sometimes not a group of friends who want to do it together. So starting a company, learning something new may end up causing frictions, and it's not necessarily a bad idea, but just going in together and saying, I want to build something, you want to build something, or someone else just wants to support, someone else is just curious, let's all go in and learn together. I find going together tends to help. And I think joining a community as well is so critical. I am such a huge, huge advocate of hubs. It's not just because I started one. It's because I've seen how amazing they are. They're a great place to understand, to get information, to learn about resources, to learn about things that are happening, but also to find people like you who are trying to do, maybe ne- not necessarily the same thing, but who are trying to do stuff. And I think it's just the best place to situate yourself and grow. So those for me would be the two things. Things that don't really exist as much that i would love i would love to see more female only spaces in engineering and in technology generally i know that you tend to find many many much or much you tend to find many many more men than women and it tends to make women want to drop out of those spaces. Even from university you start to see that distinction. Mm-hmm. But I think if we had female only coding camps and female only tech universities, you know, we'd get a lot more women in there and then we can start to compete. I think we find we're more competitive when it's just us. It's when the men are there and they're a little bit faster and they're a little bit more pushful and we tend to drop into those traditional roles. Yeah. Well, more the traditional roles and maybe some of the distraction if some of the men look good. But when you have female only spaces, I think then we can thrive and in our natural element do things in the way that we- more women tend to do, which is more
2: collaborative. Mm-hmm. I really agree with that and I was even going to plug in um, one of those female communities would be Codes Africa. Um, oh yeah. ADA. Yeah, I think that that's really one that's thriving and they're really really open to a lot of like African women. So please, anybody who's
0: listening should plug in you know (laughs) so something i've noticed from everything that you have said is the fact that tech is one of the most or highly paid spaces in the world they earn a lot of money but to learn it is almost free just like what cynthia said she didn't pay a dime to learn tech but If she goes to give people her skills, if she wants to sell or, you know, lend those skills out, the amount of money that she's going to rake in, it's going to just be amazing, right? And even Blessing Abeng, she listed a lot of things that Ingressive for Good Africa does for people. Like the one I told you I almost joined, it was totally free. It was like a scholarship of some sort. But if I had succeeded in, you know, scaling through and learning something, then I would have been making a lot of money, but from something that I I learned free of charge. So these things, these opportunities are out there and they are there for the taking. But people are not grabbing it. That is a problem and it's a problem that we need to find a solution to, honestly. Like you have said, a lot of people have already started, you know, grabbing it and and enrolling for these things. But we need more people.
3: So it's for us to all be and to all be champions and amplify, and that's what you know this platform is for. And I'm sure that's something that we all do in our individual spaces. And for you, uh, may I say, for you, you haven't yet finished. Not that you didn't finish. Okay. If you still want to do it, you'll go back and do it. It doesn't matter how long it takes, as long as you get it done. But yes, we do need to champion and amplify more what the opportunities are. And for me, make that direct connect to what the results are going to be. So let me just talk a little bit. You mentioned the fact that I'm a co-founder at Impact Hub, Mm -hmm. but I also work for the government. I run the SDG and investment office, but I'm also on the board of the Lagos State Science Research and Innovation Council and on the Kaijiaba project where we're trying to build the largest tech campus in Africa alongside the private sector. And some of the things we're trying to do is to really connect the dots for people, Bring them in, show them where the skills are, uh, and then show them where the opportunities are. And one of the things we've introduced through the Lagos State Employment Trust Fund is a tech education loan. So you can learn to code or learn AI, blockchain. If you don't have the money to even do it, because as um, I think Blessing distinguished that some of the more advanced skills, mm-hmm. you would probably not find those free. You'd of need to course. pay. But even for those, we're trying to provide the funding that you can then because you're going to be able to pay back you know in two years or six months once you've got that pipeline job right and we think once you tip the scale it'll you know nigerians we're very very progressive and we're very very quick to do the things that are right so once that information is there i do know that it'll become a juggernaut i know as of four years ago ethereum was looking for three thousand blockchain developers a year um there's such a gap in tech across the world even our financial services sector is feeling it now with the jackpot syndrome Mm. a lot there's a lot of pressure on our tech ecosystem and in lagos we're trying to do 10,000 developers a year so there's still a massive gap to be filled but i trust nigerians once we can make that
2: pathway clear we will jump in and we'll do what needs to be done completely agree i just wanted to quickly you know sort of slide in and say something there um of course you know these opportunities are really there for the taking and they are available but one of the things that we we found out the hard way is like you think access to this opportunity are the biggest problem and then you find out that things like power having a laptop, internet, you know, all other small, small things that shouldn't really be issues are actually issues. So it can sometimes be overwhelming and it, it can be daunting sometimes. But one thing I always try to tell newbies and techies is, is try not to focus on what you don't have. Try to focus on what you have that you can use to get you to where you want to be. So maybe you don't have a laptop, but do you have anyone around you who has one? Uh, maybe you don't have a laptop, but can you use a phone at the moment to... St- start um are there places you can go could you use a cyber cafe are there people that you trust that you can ask for help those kind of things right because it wouldn't always be rosy it wouldn't be easy yes the course might be free but the process of taking that course might not and so it might cost you a lot it might not be easy but no matter what it is just sort of ask yourself what do i have what can i do with what i have do i have people do i have friends do i have family? What do I have? And, and that could really change your mindset because it's not what we do not have that limits us, but it's what we have, but do not know how
0: to use. Well, that is absolutely true. I found out that when people do not want to go through with stuff, they start bringing excuses oh my phone is bad <laughs> or this and that but if when you look into it you realize that they can actually make do with what they have but when you don't want to do something you start making excuses that is that is so in real life it's so in career it's so everywhere so i just hope uh, people will start dumping excuses because at the end of the day look look at you Cynthia Blessing and but look at you you are thriving in your various fields you are trying to help people To transition into tech, right? But when these people eventually make this transition, they're not going to bring seed money for you. They're not going to pay tights. You understand? You are not getting a dime out of what they are are (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: earning.
0: So, but you are here championing for this because you're you're so passionate about it. So, I think people should just throw these excuses out of the window because it's there's no room for that right here. Uh, Cynthia, is there anything
1: you want to add? With regards to how to overcome the fears and definitely I'm sure most people or women and girls who are transitioning to tech uh, of course they don't have a technical background and I think when I was joining CyberSafe they kept insisting that you don't really need to have a technical background and it's like oh okay they sub hope at the end of the tunnel but then it reached a point and I'm referring to a point that was made by Salape. That a community is very important. Like having, I had cyber sisters, and we will motivate ourselves each day and say we can do this. And there's a time we had to conduct a malware analysis, and this was for our opening, open day. And remember, this is like max that is awarded to you as an individual. So, as a lawyer, I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to conduct a malware analysis, and for what reason am I even doing that? But then I think I begin to, I came to see the sense later on. And I actually did it. I was able to conduct a manual analysis because sometimes we imagine that we need to learn something all at once. And like I think that's what it gives us anxiety and fear. But then learning tech is a one day at a time, one thing at a time journey. You can't mm. learn everything all at once. We love to learn in bits, consume content in bits. It's like chewing more than what you can swallow. So it's. We can't do that with them. You learn one thing at a time. Like Even when I specialized with GRC, I realized I can't learn all the frameworks that are good. There are so many frameworks. But then as I work, and you never learn everything during a fellowship or a training, but then they really come into play during your working experience and you realize, OK, I heard of this, so how do I work with this practically? Yeah? So the fear normally that people have is they need to absorb content within a short time. No, that is not the case. One thing at a time, one content, some piece of knowledge each and every day that goes a long way in helping us overcome these fears. Because personally, I've experienced imposter syndrome and sometimes mm. I ask you, are you really a tech lawyer? And they're like, yeah, I am. Because when I start speaking, they're like, yeah, you really do know your stuff, you know? Mm. So it's, it depends, like uh. they believe important women because the tech space is still flooded with male. Yeah. Then it means we have to take up the spaces. Yeah.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Cynthia. (laughs) Imposter syndrome, that is another topic for another day because it is a thing that affects the best of us. Even the people in the highest, the pinnacle of their career, many of them still experience imposter syndrome. It is a thing, but it's a conversation for another day. And some things that we have learned today is that this is what I want a lot of people to go home with today. You do not have to throw away your core skills to jump into the tech space. You can capitalize on that skill. That's Abeng doing it. Cynthia is doing it. Chalakwe is doing it. Everything that you've learned, all the experiences you've garnered throughout the, the years, you can take that in transition. You can carry it in your backpack when you're transitioning. You're not relocating. It's not like you're, you're relocating, you're living on your property and just leaving. you understand. You're carrying your property along with you to just... There's something called success stacking that I found out. About with my I had this organization, Elanine. They were, like bringing people together to grow together. And success stacking was a conversation that was held. It, it basically says that when you're garnering skills, if you're in school and you, okay, you're in broadcasting. You can you know, want to learn how to read the news, you stack that news reading there. Along the way, you learn programs, right? You take that programs and put it on top of that news to climb to the next one. It's just like creating a ladder or a step. You're stacking your success so you can climb on it to achieve another one. So your core skills can be stacked to achieve another one. It's just as simple as that. Before we round off, I'd like to know if there's any other thing you want to say before we go.
3: I think for me, just happy International Women's Day. We're focusing this year on just empowering women with digital skills. Uh, and so just to encourage more women, as we've said, don't think uh, of technology as this mysterious, daunting thing that you need to, or, or, or hurdle that you need to scale. Think of it as a skill that you're going to add to the other tools that you have in your bag that will help you to bring out that awesome you and make impact on the global scale. So happy International Women's
0: Day. Happy International Women's Day to you too. Blessing you about saying something. Yes,
2: so my first thing would be please. I know every International Women's Day is such a great opportunity for people to do good and impact women. Mm-hmm. So I would really mm-hmm. admonish people like, you know, women are over mentored, we're over advised, we're over everything. You know, sometimes this period is the period we would come and, you know, post the, the five women that they have in their organization and say, Happy Women's Day. Mm-hmm. And then you do the uh, different UN <laughs> poses. And I'm like, okay, cool, like, great. Well, how is that really moving the needle? You know, how is that really helping anybody? So when you're like, if you are in any scenario wanting to celebrate the international women's day, do things like this, where we educate any organization that is listening to me, please don't hate me, but please try to do things like this, where we actually educate, ask yourself the activity, the action, the things that we're doing right now, how is it really going to move the needle? And then ask you, even if it's just one woman you impact, that is worth way more than I service. And so I would always champion that. Like, Think about moving the needle with every action that you take on this day and all year all year long. Then the last thing is for my darling women, I mm-hmm. always say this. It's okay to be the first woman in the room, but what's not okay is to be the only woman in the room. So once you're the first, great, clap for yourself. That's amazing. But how can you help other women be there as well? How can you help? How can you help other people grow? How can you help other people succeed? So as you're out there being the first, breaking all those glass ceilings, don't be
0: the only empower another woman even if it's just one this should be framed it should be framed honestly i'm going to type it out for you and send it to you frame it and put it in your sitting room it is amazing that is amazing stuff right there cynthia what do you have
1: to say before we go just like to share with our audience and interested in getting into tech is that it's just about making the decision and taking the first move the first step and believing that you can walk through all the processes because Everything is about a process. Nothing happens in a flash of lightning. So trust the process and happy International Women's Day first the process. Happy International Women's Day
0: to you too. When I started this program, I mentioned something. I said that uh, International Women's Day is celebrated every year and when they talk about women in tech, but there's nothing to tell us about how we can follow the footsteps. And that is what you have said as well, because it is concerning. So from all that you've heard here today, every lingering doubt should have disappeared by now. And you have heard of ways to transition easily with core skills you have learned that as well so there's a saying that goes you miss 100% of opportunities you don't take so if you don't take it how would you know whether or not you're going to succeed why don't you just start okay I'm immensely grateful to you Shalakri Hammond Blessing Abank and Cynthia Chep Kemoy did I pronounce that well okay thank you very much for joining us today and please to my my beautiful ladies right here if there is any opportunity we'll still reach out to you if there's any opportunities that our listeners can tap into we'll want to share these opportunities on um, social media right here on our on our on air so that they can get this opportunity so we'll be reaching out to you concerning this if there's anyone at all no matter how small it is We'll be so grateful for that. So we have talked about the transitioning phase. We're now going to continue with getting more girls into STEM in Africa and then... If we have gotten into it, how do we now take off? How do we scale the career? I think it's beautiful that we are taking the path on Africa Tech Radio. We'll also be announcing some opportunities for you if you want to go into tech. So stay glued to our social media platforms on Instagram at us at A-Tech Radio. Facebook and Twitter at Africatechradio.com. Cool. Thank you very much for listening to Back to Base. My name is Lillian Aberika.